0: Welcome to the All Manner of Things podcast. In this podcast, we'll be reviewing Medieval Academy. Hi, my name's Peter.
1: And I'm Shondell.
0: And in this podcast, we talk about board games. And today, we'll be reviewing Medieval Academy.
1: This is another game that's been out there for a while, yet it doesn't get a lot of publicity. It's not one that we would have played if a friend hadn't introduced us to it. We would have never even heard mm, of it. True. And we're so glad we did.
0: Game power.
1: This game is for two to five players.
0: It's recommended you can play this game for ages eight and up.
1: And it takes about 30 minutes.
0: Basic Game player. In Medieval Academy, you play a squire training to be a knight. Now, you do this by laying down tokens on various different game boards you play and tally up your shield points that you end up getting. Some of the shield points are a little bit negative and work against you, but uh, there are also, also ones which are positive and keep you in the track to be a famous knight.
1: So the rule book says there are six phases for each turn, but we consider two main phases to how you play. So the first phase is the pick and pass phase. Everyone is dealt a hand of cards, and you look at the cards in front of you and you get to choose one that you keep and then you pass the rest of the hand on to the person on one side and you take the ones from the person on the other side and then you look at this new set of cards and you get to take one again and then you pass it on until everyone's gone around and you've taken all the cards out of all the hands. The cards themselves are very simple. They just have pictures that match up with the individual game boards. So whether it's a gallantry card or an education card or a charity card, uh, and they've got numbers one to five on them. So that's how powerful they are.
0: So the second part of this game, we feel, is the deciding of the order in which you want to play the cards that you have in your hand. Now, it matters when you play each individual card because you go around in a circle and if you end up with your token underneath somebody's token, i.e. you've got the same score, the token that's above you is actually in front of you and will score higher in its its victory points.
1: Yes. And it's an unusual way this game scores because it doesn't matter how many spaces you go, but whether you're first, second, third or last sort of thing rather than trying to get a certain number of victory points around the board.
0: And it's one of those ones as well where it's you don't want to be the first player in this game. No. And it's it's great how the mechanic changes the first player changes at the start of each round as well to make that like a balance.
1: After you've played all the cards, that's really the playing after that, you have a look at each individual game board um, and check what round you're up to. Some of them score every round, some of them score on different rounds. You just need to check if each board scores that round and then some of them also reset. So you have to check which boards reset at the end of a round. And after six rounds, the person who ends up with the most shield tokens from the different boards from scoring is the winner.
0: There's also a two-player variant which plays very nicely in this game and we'll talk about that throughout the review. Review.
1: All right, presentation. I gave this a three.
0: And I gave it a three as well.
1: It's not bad but it's not great I guess is what I was going with it. It's yep. pretty average. Yep. The artwork is fun.
0: It it's look, nice, cartoony. Absolutely. It it, it does complement the game really nicely.
1: The components themselves, you know, they're just little chits. Are they called chits? I think that's what a chit is. Tokens. Tokens.
0: I'd go with tokens. And it's probably going to be like <laughs> a rainbow.
1: You look very specific. It, token. It, it's a token. It's not a chit.
0: I'm going to be very – it's probably a ramble going to be on definitions of different ones probably in the yeah. near future. I, we uh, may
1: revise this after that.
0: But I'd say it's a definite token. And I think it's a chit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: anyway, um, you know, they're just simple wooden round pieces of different colours.
0: Look, look and, and look, I guess we, we've talked about this before in various other games which – need to worry about production costs. But I look at some of these components like the tokens and I think wouldn't it be cool if you could be a squire meeple and stack another squire meeple on top of that? Wouldn't that wouldn't it just make the game that little bit more cooler? It
1: would be tricky. They would have to have very specific shapes I, I, so they could I stack. I think you
0: could work on that. You know, there you go as an idea.
1: But then again, the first player marker is a sword.
0: That is pretty cool. It's a cardboard sword. If it was a real sword, <laughs> even better. The production value through the roof. But um, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: So the other the other yeah. components, I think, like well. the the things, the little round chart with their little yeah. time sand hourglass. Yep, it's, thi- it's, it's just it's good quality, but they're just very simple.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You can really. You don't want to throw around the game, but it could handle it.
1: One thing, though, with this game is all the components came in little bags, and you know how we hate little bags for storing yep. things. So we've had to go and get a tackle box for this one.
0: Yes, yeah, so not particularly impressed with the box uh, the way everything's held in there but again it's production value it's production cost yeah. versus yeah. what you get out of the game so but game
1: designers need to learn little bags never never work yes never fun because they always tear and I'm just let's not go into that um, well
0: I, I think that you find that people who play board games and I'm being Very cliche here, but we do all have maybe a little bit of OCD happening (laughs) and it doesn't hurt to have uh, individual areas in the box where you can safely put things and they don't rattle around and cause damage to something that you've paid for and you love. You love to play.
1: So speaking of a little OCD, one thing with this game, with the presentation that I know is a tiny thing, but it gets me every time. Come
0: on, spit it out. What is it? The
1: white knight and the black knight boards. Oh, I know. The clouds in the background and the the grass in the background.
0: It doesn't line up. It doesn't
1: line up. And not only that, but because there's two sides to each board, because there's an advanced side and the basic side, and one of them is a joust between the two. Yeah. And the other one's just individual things. But, but in the background of one of them, like the black knight on one side has like that, I don't know what it is, the little wooden fence that goes in the middle of a joust. I have no idea what that's called. And the same with the white knight, but it's not the same side. They've got that artwork there. They could do the same thing with the white knight and have it line up so you can actually see them ready to joust or even just when you've got them just standing, just it, it just doesn't line up. And it's such a small thing that drives me nuts every single time we play this.
0: Well, um, one other thing. Um, are we wrapping up with the presentation? Yep. Yeah. So one other thing that I can that bugs me, and I've mentioned this once before in probably I think it's one of our first reviews of a board game, and that's with Cult Express, and that is the pictures they insist on making of the designers, of the board game, creators, etc. Just photos. Of them, and I, I don't know why. I don't know why they do it. I mean, they're not rock stars or anything, and I'm not drawn to it by having their pictures there. They're they're quirky pictures, and I'll I'll give them that. And it's a lot better. I feel a lot works a lot better than what it did in Cult Express. But still, uh, it doesn't help sell the game at all. You know, in fact, when you when the box is closed, you don't even read it. it. It look. I don't know. I don't know. It's just me. But um, there's some, some space on the side there that I could actually use to talk about something else, like a bit more about the game or a quick reference sheet or something. But yeah. Uh, yeah. It's
1: in the part of the box that you can't see when the box is shut, though. Yeah. In all fairness. Yeah, true. So, but yeah, maybe we should move on. <laughs>
0: yeah, To rookie rating. And I gave this a three and then I gave it a four. Interesting because I gave it a five. Uh, I thought you might. Um, there are two parts to this game, as we talked about in the basic gameplay, which is your pick and pass side, which is fairly easy to teach, not a huge learning curve, uh, and some of the latest games like Sushi Go, etc., do implement that.
1: Although I honestly couldn't tell you whether this came out before or after Sushi Go. Yeah,
0: true, but yeah. Uh, it's certainly Sushi Go kind of took center stage for some reason. Aren't it? Um, I feel like it has, yeah. But maybe
1: that's just because we listen to. Look, you can buy it, and he look, plays it.
0: Yeah, lot. yeah, yeah. But not only that, but you can buy sushi go in a lot of those board game slash hobby stores. Whereas a game like Medieval Academy, you'd either have to buy online or a specialty board game store. Yep,
1: totally getting look, off track. What was the point? Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Look. Uh, look. And the second part is is the the place your squire's tokens down, etc. But I think to get the real nuance, to get the subtlety, to get the intelligence of this game, it's almost like you have to have played other games before. I don't know why, it's just, yeah. it's something in it that I'm just like, wow. To just, maybe just to appreciate how clever this game is. Just to be able to go, wow, that's such a clever game. You have to know what, are, what other standard games are like. And it's probably not a huge thing. Not only a huge reason for me to say give it a give it a four, but, yeah, look, I can see why you gave it a five. Yeah. I'm just... I don't know.
1: Well, the game itself, like, it looks light and fun. It's not going to put people off from that perspective. You know, it's cards, a few boards, a few potentially chips, um, Slash tokens. Um, and, you know, and some scoring shields. It's really... There's not a lot... To it to make yeah. it look overwhelming or to make it look super nerdy, even though it is that medieval theme, which does get quite nerdy in a yep. lot of games. You know, it's yep. not like a dungeon crawl or anything like that. It's a very light game and very simple. To, like the cards are numbered one to five, they yeah. have a picture on them and they're numbered one to five. It's very simple to explain, simple gameplay. Also, in terms of like a rookie rating, this game, the age on the side of the box is eight plus. It is a family game. It's yeah. definitely a game you can yeah. play with younger kids. Yeah.
0: There's not uh, much conflict going on with the game and it's there's not much violence or it's PG style rating, if you yeah. know what I mean. I mean with, the artwork's
1: cartoon yeah. style, so but it's also just that it's easy to pick up and easy to play. So I've written down it's a family game, but it's also like adult fun and I don't mean that in a kinky adult fun sort of way I mean that just as in you can have a group of adults around and play this game and have a lot of fun with it like really enjoy it so the age range is huge for this game and I think that helps it as a rookie game true player interaction so I gave this a four as did I You're passing cards to one another. So obviously you're trying to take the best cards to keep them getting into the hands of the other people who are playing. Mm. But I did feel like this is more interactive with the two-player variant than with the normal game. Because when we play the normal game, sometimes it becomes a bit of a silent phase. Yes. Like people just quietly sit there, look at their hand of cards, take one, pass it on, take one, pass it on. I was about
0: to say that. It's like the first half is silent play in the second half. There's a bit more rattiness or, oh, man, you put your token there. What are you doing that for? Oh, only if I did that. That type of, you know, talking throughout it. So, yeah.
1: But with that two-player variant, though, the way they've put that together by splitting your hand, you um, you essentially you get six cards and you you have to split it into two piles and you know one of those piles you're going to keep and one of them the other player is going to get. And by doing that, it feels a lot more interactive because whereas when you're passing the rest of a hand on, anyone could get the cards that are in there
0: yeah.
1: and it could help them or whatever. But this, you know that if I don't take these cards the other person is going to get these Mm, cards. mm. So I do feel it's a lot more interactive in that phase with the two-player.
0: And what I really like about this particular setup and the way this game plays is that there are parts of this board game where there's no interaction. There's no need for like like the king service area. You, yes. you, all you need to do is just just get points and you get to pass a certain point and you get that many victory points. But there are other parts, like competing for the princess, like that gallantry stage, and that is all competition. Oh, and that most is them great. Are, that yeah. interaction there is fantastic. But you don't need to just concentrate on one of them. You've got to kind of be a balance of maybe three or four of those cards. Especially because there's
1: the negative um, the negative
0: ones. Yes.
1: So if you don't focus on those ones at all, then you just keep getting more and more negative points. Absolutely. But yeah like what you're saying with the um with those tracks apart from the King's court one most of them it's not how many points you play on a particular track it's whether you're first second third fourth or fifth so it's it's highly interactive because if everyone else is playing a lot of cards on the say the schooling track the education track yep. going to school a lot yeah then you are forced to play a lot of cards on the education track because otherwise you're gonna end up behind and if you don't go to school, it really, really hurts in this game. Other thing in terms of the uh, interaction is the jumping on people's heads
0: yes and that's the order of play yeah Yeah, yeah. that's
1: such a key thing in this game the fact that if you land on the same spot but you get there second you get to put your piece on top of the other person and that technically makes you in front of them for scoring Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's such a simple little rule yet it makes this game so much fun and so interactive because yeah you're just trying to do what you can to end up on top of someone instead of underneath them.
0: Yeah, like, and that's a subtlety. You don't want to. You don't want to play too far ahead. There's no benefit if it's just a matter of beating the other players yep. or not coming last. Yep. You don't want to just you know go miles ahead and you waste all your cards that you could be using in other areas of those tracks. So there's that. There's that balance which is really, again, really subtle. That I don't know. I just it, it's. It's so brilliant the way that this game has has been been built.
1: And one last thing with the player interaction is the rounds are short and there's no knockout. And even though sometimes it does feel like you're getting further and further behind, there's also those rounds where each of the tracks reset. So, you know, if you've been struggling for part of it, it doesn't mean you're going to be struggling for the whole game. And that just makes it feel really interactive because you're never really out of it in this game. Unless you don't go to school. Go to school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So balance. Now I've given this a four.
1: I gave it a four as well.
0: There is the balance of luck and strategy when you're talking about that aspect. There's the obviously the luck of the cards when you shuffle them and you hand them out. Yep. If you've got yourself a, a starting hand, which is really good, you can pick the most powerful cards and then pass them on and maybe someone else is in conflict of which one they choose and they choose the wrong one or whatever. Either way, your hand can be built. Um, look, okay, yes, your hand can be built... And there's a fair bit of strategy involved, which ones you pass across. I give you that, but there is luck in those cards that you have in your hand at the time. Yep. If that makes any sense. And, and what gets passed to? And what you, gets passed to you? Like yeah.
1: if you if you were thinking, okay, this time I really need to um, get up in the king's track, for example, the king's yep. court track, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take those cards, and you've got a, a high one in your hand at the start, and you're like, cool, this is the round to do it. Yep you take the high one from your hand and not a single other card of that type gets passed to you and the exactly. entire round exactly. and you don't have enough to make it past the the spot that gets you 6 points and then it's complete waste actually taking that card so i think in terms of this game the strategy versus luck i aspect i would give a 5 yeah um, the balance for me fails on the expert, expert versus, versus
0: rookie. rookie yeah you know i i would agree on that as well the only game that comes to my head at the moment which is just as evenly balanced between luck and strategy is Alien Frontiers. The just so such a simple mechanic where you, you get the you take the best card you have in your hand and you pass it along and then someone else gets to you. A strategy of working out what's going to be working best for you with the cards you have, plus the luck of what you get given as you you know, build your hand. Excellent. Fantastic. Yep. And then the order in which you play can is, also is quite strategic. Can be very strategic as well. And look, an expert would have that idea already in their mind about the right balance between all those little game boards and what is worthwhile putting their energy into to get the most amount of victory points.
1: Yep. Because I only marked it down slightly. So like, like, it's only a four. And that's just on the expert versus rookie side of things. But
0: what you'd find still with that is that the... Rookie, it won't take them that long. Maybe a game before you become an expert. Yeah,
1: I don't even think a whole game sometimes. But I've also said like an expert sort of may have the advantage. This is the way I think of it. An expert may have the advantage. They may have a bit of idea of, like you said, where it's worthwhile investing your time. But then having said that, I've heard different strategies from two experts vis-a-vis the gallantry track. One of them was like, it's really good to be high up on the gallantry track because they blah, blah 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 and the other one was complete opposite like now that i've played it a couple of times i know that it's not worthwhile playing on the gallantry track at all
0: yeah. so these are
1: two people who have played the game several times and they have completely conflicting ideas on what is actually worthwhile so i almost feel like perhaps it's only a maybe only maybe an expert would have an advantage over a rookie
0: so long, I think so long as you kind of go into this game with a bit of a strategy in, in mind, try and make <laughs> the most of the cards you have, absolutely, but you realise that you're probably not going to win if you try and become a master of all and just focus on ones which you want to, yep. I think that probably... If you know, maybe, if you call me an expert maybe. by playing a few times, that's what I like doing anyway. I like going. Okay, I'll ignore the quest track for the dragon or something else, yeah, and I'll, see, I'll And then you'll the, have
1: then you'll have another expert who will say, "No, the only way you can win is if you spend a little bit of time on all of the tracks." Yeah, so that's where I yeah. think. That's why I think I don't think an expert necessarily has the advantage because. We've got so many people who have played it several times and they all have completely different strategies and ways that they go about it. None of them's a guaranteed winner. Okay, replayability. I gave this a five.
0: As did I.
1: So I've got this game is quick and easy. It can be played as a filler. It can be played multiple times. It can be played two-player or it can be played with a bigger group. It can be played with the family. It just goes on and on and on how often you can play this game
0: and you know what gets me about this game is it doesn't matter how many times we've played this and we have played it quite a few times it just feels fresh to me and i can't really put my finger on why it feels so fresh to play this could just be the artwork and the game mechanic and the combination of do you think it could be the fact
1: that um a lot of the game is based on the deal of the cards so it's going to be a different game
0: Mm, no, look, I don't know. Just the word "fresh" is just in my mind when I play this game, and it's it's hard for me to put my finger on. But um, it could
1: be. It could also be. I'm just hype you know, guessing. But yeah. um, because it is a different mechanism to the, a lot of the other games we play. Yeah. Because we don't have sushi go or treasure Hunter or any of the other pick and pass games. This is our only one like this.
0: And it's a good one to get out, yeah, of, out of that combination. Yeah. We did
1: play them all before we, yeah. we got this
0: one. Yeah. Sorry, we yeah. chose this one specifically. And so. those ones, I mean, I, I don't want to say I don't like bagging games at all, but those ones didn't have the same appeal as yeah, this, one. this one. I feel like of the three, we got the best there was. And, yeah, it just does it so well, so eloquently.
1: The other um, thing with replayability with this is there is the variance. Absolutely. So each board can flip over and it has a different way of playing on the back. What we found, though, I think is once you play them all for a certain number of times, yeah. you have your favorite variants yeah. that you stick to. Yeah. yeah. But having said that, it's not going to stop you playing again, even if you did play that same variant because it is such a quick and easy game.
0: Yes, absolutely. Those, those variants, those advanced stuff, they really do add more replayability, higher replayability. And I can imagine that just by adding in, um, like if they had an expansion which had an extra, extra card board. or an extra board yeah. attached to it, it would add so much more. Yep. Uh, and the way that this and game. is so has been...
1: tricky because then you'd have to try and work out how to split your cards across like exactly. an extra board.
0: Exactly. And how great would that be? It'll just change the, the game dynamic completely. And it's such a simple thing. I guess maybe another reason why this is such a great game and right, we've listed the replayability so high is that it's just really well thought through. Yeah the game mechanic of, okay, let's in this board, don't worry about a, it's not a catch-em-up game or it's not a chase game. This one, there's going to be no interaction. This one's going to be a top two, um, get a benefit or your, your last two get a benefit, you know, or, or you know, whatever you, or get a, a disadvantage. Whatever you want to throw in there, you just feel like it's going to be really well thought through the, any expansion that come with this. Yep. So theme... And I gave this a four.
1: I gave it a three.
0: Yeah. So the medieval theme, it's not original.
1: It's done – it has been – the medieval theme has been done before. Um, It's done in a lot of different games in a lot of different ways. But this one is a fun cartoon-style version of that theme. Mm. And I really like that about it because that – Aspect The fun, cartoony artwork I think really suits this it game. It
0: saves the game. It makes it more original and more fresh for yeah. me. Again, I'm throwing <laughs> that fresh word around. But it does, you know. It, yeah. It's not a serious game and it doesn't try and pretend to be. And maybe that's why it's so light. The whole theme is really light, even though there's yeah. that underlying strategy, which is really clever. Yeah,
1: yeah I actually thought it doesn't quite place through that strongly, though. As much as I enjoy the cartoony take of the medieval theme, I didn't think it really played through strongly in the game. This one could be anything with the card numbers and then the tracks. It is a fun theme to put with it, and it's one that works Mm, well. mm. But it doesn't. I disagree a little
0: bit. I disagree a little bit. It's look, okay. It it doesn't have to be, but it works well with it being. It's like every board is a different class. Yep, and you are sitting in these different classes, and you are like you are learning about them, and you need to spread your spend yeah, your it knowledge could, it about each one.
1: It could be instead of being medieval, it could be like history, geology, geology, um, English, maths sort yeah. of classes yeah. and in high school. You know, it wouldn't change the gameplay at all, or it could be something else that you are trying to like just a bunch of different quests, or it could be it could be almost anything and still work with the mechanic. I don't feel like it plays through very strongly. Apart from the fact that it really, really, you end up suffering if you don't go to school, if you don't keep up your education. That that part is funny. That part plays through. Like, ah, I should have gone to school. Especially if you really don't go to school and everyone else just smashes you on that track and you continuously get negatives. But yeah, apart from that. But having said that, I like the theme and I enjoy the theme with this mechanic. I think it works well together just could be anything else probably wouldn't be as fun but
0: I I don't I disagree a little bit with that but that's just me best and
1: worst okay my best with this game is the simple rule of if you land on the spot after someone else has landed there on the same spot you get to jump on their head and that puts you in the lead
0: And my best is the balance of that strategy and luck we talked about, um, especially with that two player variant, which is just amazing.
1: And my worst is, and normally I try and think of something serious for my worst, but for this, my worst is the white and black knight artwork not matching up. (laughs) I know it's a picky little thing, but that's my worst in this game.
0: And my worst is the storage in the box. Final thoughts. My final thoughts on this game is that it's a real hidden gem of a game that uh, took us all completely by surprise.
1: Yep. Um, My overall impression is just that it is the best pick and pass game.
0: Yes, absolutely. Of all the ones
1: we've played, this one's the best.
0: Yep. I'd agree with that.
1: So. Following on from that, I've got buy if you are looking for a great pick-and-pass style game. Pete can't Uh, read his writing, so we'll just sit here for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) My
0: my buy if is buy if you want an extremely all-rounded game that only a few people have ever heard of before.
1: Um, Similar, I've got buy if you're looking for an all-occasions game. So like I said before, filler game, family game, quick game, two-player game, all-occasions game.
0: Okay, and um, I'm reading my writing here and it's pretty difficult. And my next one is um, buy if you want a game that feels like so much more than its actual components. There's so few components to this game and it feels really rich with energy, excitement, and just freshness. I'm going to say freshness. Yes.
1: I've, yeah, my last one is buy if you like games with tricky decisions so that's another
0: yeah. Yep. following off yep. on that yep. it's definitely. full of decisions which card do I give up yep. which card do I yeah have to play and what order do I have to play them in yeah definitely
1: yep
0: and my last one is if you weren't happy with Sushi Go then buy this game it's worth it You've been listening to the All Manner of Things podcast.
1: If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us, podcast at allmannerofthings.com.
0: Or alternatively, you can visit our website at www.allmannerofthings.com.
1: Thanks for listening.
0: Bye. Bye. One, that I thought 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 I thought